I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. For those that listen on the podcast, right before we hit the air, Travion, who's running our board today, does a weather report for 30 seconds. And I swear, Travion just said the word below, as in like temperature below zero, 60 times. <laughs> it was more of a low blow every time he mentioned below because wow. this is exactly the opposite of what I prefer when it comes to weather. I would take 105 <laughs> yeah. over anything below zero. Same, same, same. But people, there are people out there that call you crazy. Some people out there are like, no way, dude. So let's quickly recap here, Trey, or anybody else that's familiar with the weather. When are we expecting snow tonight? After midnight, did you say? Yeah, mainly before midnight. Oh, before midnight. Yeah. So sometime late this evening. Oh, great. And then that's when the real cold front starts. Yes. 15 Friday. Yeah, 15 tomorrow, five on Saturday. Zero. Mm-hmm. Goose egg mm-hmm. on Sunday. And then you add in the wind chill, and it's time to party. Love it. I can't wait to just stand outside and take it all in. If you want warmth, I hear Bramwich Coliseum has warmth. You're, you're going to be standing outside with the American flag, no shirt, <laughs> pair of shorts on. Is that the plan? Yep, I'm going to show this storm. DJ, have you ever been one of those guys that goes to a game, it's super cold out, and you're shirtless, painted up? No. No, no, no. In fact, the story I told Mitch Holthus about being at that playoff game, it was I mean, it was so cold. Um, a Steelers player got kicked out of the game the, on the first play of the game. He kicked somebody in the head, and they kicked him out. And so he walked back to his sideline, and there was a guy shirtless at the the Chiefs game, huge guy shirtless, screaming at him. And they were kind of going back and forth, and the guy threw a full beer right in the guy's face. DJ, uh, I think his name was DJ Johnson. was a linebacker safety for the Steelers. Yeah, he got a full beer right in the face. It was awesome. It was awesome. But, no, I have never – no, I bundle up, man. I, I am not playing that game, dude. I've seen a lot of tickets – uh, up for sale mm-hmm. for the Chiefs oh, Dolphins yeah. Saturday because it kicks off at seven fifteen. Crazy. I mean, the sun's going to be down for already a couple of hours, and you're looking at wind chill at thirty below or yeah. something like that. Brandon priced yesterday morning, and they were at fifty. Listen, 50 I know there's bucks. fifty bucks. <sighs> DJ's like, oh, this might be doable. <sighs> For a playoff game? I mean, God, my. Against Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> Those very well Dolphins. Well played. 50 bucks. I go, come on. I'll call my mom. She can watch the kids. 
Saying I can go to the game. Listen, hobby. it's only five hours in the cold. For sure. Yeah. Because you have to include getting yeah. into the game, which uh-huh. is like a 50-minute wait Brutal. when you jump in line. Brutal. So come on. Let's just go. Just go, 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 go. Welcome to the game. It's Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Travion Berkland. Uh, busy show today. It's been a rough week. For top five men's college basketball teams. Ah. Plus, I actually want to squeeze in some high school sports news here in the state of Kansas because there could be, maybe, a major change coming to high school basketball in the state of Kansas. They're going to give it a test run next year, though. Those details coming up in hour number two. Plus, here in hour number one, we will be joined on the show by K-State Women's basketball head coach Jeff Mitty. His team knocks off the Oklahoma Sooners last night in Bramlage Coliseum, 74-57. The K-State women have now won 10 games in a row. Mm. In all 10, the opponent has not scored more than 59 points. And K-State hasn't uh, won a game by less than 15. Yeah. Pure dominance. And they will be hosting number 10 Texas on Saturday, in two days, tickets, there's going to be a good good-sized crowd on hand mm-hmm. for this one. I've been kind of uh, taking a gander at kstatesports.com lately to see the ticket sales. There's definitely more sold than games have been for a while. It was a little bit of a better crowd last night. I was there. A little bit of a better crowd. There's certainly more people taking notice and going to watch the Cats. This one will be a little bit different. This team deserves to have packed Bramlage Coliseums for these home games Absolutely, with how dominant they've been. And like I said last week, I still don't feel like people have noticed exactly how high this ceiling could be for K-State women's basketball. We'll recap their win uh, yesterday coming up in our next segment. I remember when the Sugar Bowl last year came around. Cats got the Alabama Crimson tied. I noticed there was a few more uh, Alabama License plate and window flags around town and magnets on side of cars uh, when that uh, game came about. Some of the Alabama fans maybe coming out of the closet a little bit, showing off their pride. I got to ask you folks something real quick because we don't have a, a direct, we don't have direct contact with Tuscaloosa, Alabama on this show. You guys do know that Nick Saban didn't die, right? <laughs> he, he He's still alive. If you've noticed outside of, uh, was it Brian Denny Stadium there yes. in, uh, in Tuscaloosa, he has a statue. And people have been placing flowers, cards, Coke bottles. Good gosh. Uh, those oatmeal uh, cream pies that he likes. Boxes of those outside yes. of the statue. And by the way, they're also chanting... Anybody, anybody but Dabo. Anybody but Dabo. Listen, though. I think it's a an absolute ridiculous thing to do. I know he's the goat, and this has been a last. This has been a crazy last twenty four hours in sports. But let's not act like the guy died. Alabama fans. I know. Listen, maybe he's out of coaching, but he's now just old enough to run for Congress. <laughs> Tom Osborne style, baby. Yeah, he didn't get it done. One of the things that had me chuckling was someone on Twitter pointing out that he could run. Pete Carroll would be the perfect age for the Senate. Now, add Bill Belichick into the mix. And They're all the same age. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically Senate has become the uh, glorified daycare, the best daycare in the country for uh, senior citizens. <laughs> so 
Why not? Why not cash two checks? You exactly. Know I mean? yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but Nick Saban is no longer the head coach at Alabama. He's going to retire. Pete Carroll uh, looked like he went out kicking and screaming a little bit as a head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He's out after 14 seasons. And then the GOAT of NFL coaching, um, Bill Belichick, is out after 24 seasons, a mutual part of the ways, it sounds like, with Robert Kraft speaking to the media earlier today. You know, in the last three or four years, it's not the caliber of football <laughs> they expect no. in New England anymore. I think I said a little bit about this yesterday, but I'll say it again. The Pete Carroll coaching search couldn't really care less. I mean, when it comes to NFL coaching searches, they're out so quick anymore. I don't put a lot of investment into getting into it. I mean, it'd be interesting to know who would replace Bill Belichick. I think it's even more interesting on what Bill Belichick does next. Yeah. Because he was certainly, I mean, I th- I think Bill Belichick was a is a fantastic coach that really benefited from the talent he was provided. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah. And these last three or four years, they just didn't have great talent, especially on offense. Mm-hmm. Did not have great talent. I mean, Pete Carroll, I, you know, when Geno Smith became the starting quarterback, I did not like that for Seattle. Ooh. He did have a couple of great games early. There was that one game. I can't remember who was it it was against, but it was last year, and he played he played good. And they won a big game, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, is this the the breakout party for Geno Smith? Uh, nah. Nah. I didn't think it was going to work out, and now Pete Carroll is out. Obviously, it's extremely fascinating who Alabama goes with next, next after Nick Saban is going to retire because now it's the goat of college football who's out. Who takes that spot? You know, shout out Dan Lanning of Oregon because – Going past Steve Sarkeesian, who I would expect to be at the top of the list um, for that spot. Of course, the head coach of Texas used to coach with Nick Saban in Alabama. It would go to Dan Lanning's name was popping up Mm -hmm. and popping up quite early. Head coach at Oregon, Mm -hmm. uh, man, is one of the more entertaining coaches. When that when that Oregon Colorado game came up. And he like called out oh, Colorado beautiful. and Deion Sanders. They're just wanting clicks. We want to win games or whatever they said. Yeah. I mean, I loved every second. I, I just watching the video, not being in the locker room, I was pumped up. I was ready to be a duck. Mm-hmm. It was a great speech. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of coach he is. He knows how to talk to a team. He's a younger coach that knows how to talk to these boys. And he released a video earlier today which it was about a minute long, and it started out with him talking to the uh, team. He's like, what do you guys have for goals, or what is it a go- what's a goal to you? And kind of hinted right there at the beginning that maybe he's announcing that, well, I'm leaving or something or whatever. Kind of gave you that idea at first. And then at the end, he says, I'm staying. And the last part of the video is him taking a, a puff of a cigar and blowing the smoke into the camera. Mm-hmm. He is so cool. He's cool. Yep. He is cool. Let's just hope, let's just hope that Alabama doesn't contact him. Well, he's going to regret 
if they have not contacted him and they do contact him, the cash and the pitch that they give to him is going to be he, – he will only receive this pitch one time in his life. And he'll have to go home and he'll have to talk it over with the fam and he'll have to think about it. And he will have to really sit there and, and think about, do I, do I let this opportunity just go? I hope that they have contacted him and he's he's declined it. I the way that we talk about the NFL, how the coaches come and go. College football coaches are notorious for doing kind of the same thing, jumping around and making claims like they're not. I ain't going anywhere and being gone the next day. I really hope this doesn't come back to bite him because it will. It'll be a bad look. It will be a bad look. I'm so jaded anymore with coaches. I. I if they haven't contacted him, he should just stop with the videos and stuff. I know it's recruiting. It's a, you got to recruit. You got to continue to recruit and make sure those those recruits know that you're going to stick around. I get it, but the pitch, if it's coming, man, it's going to be a beaut. I, whoever they decide to pitch, man, I, I mean the that job with the with that money they have behind it. Whew, Hard to beat. Well, and but the thing is, like you're you're under a. There's no more pressure in college football coaching no. now than whoever takes the head coaching job at Alabama. No, you are under a microscope. You will always be compared to Nick Saban mm-hmm. for however long or however successful you are. There'll be that comparison. Can you live up to the standards? You know how much of a grace period do you get? You got to you got to win right away. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, there is no grace period. For sure, there I mean, is no waiting for a win or a winning season or college football playoff. You get it right away. Consider, even Saban went seven and six that first year. Mm-hmm. Seven and six. Every year since has been ten wins. Dang. Sixteen straight years of ten or more wins. <laughs> That's what Alabama expects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is anybody going to step into that and appease? I don't know what Dan Lanning is making, yeah. but I'm sure he's making bank. He's got a great gig. Al- you know, Oregon, it's not Alabama, but that's still a pretty amazing place to be a head coach of college football. And he ends that video of him staying looking like a Kansas City mobster. You uh, honestly... The people that are decide to be football coaches are all people that believe they can do, get the job done. Nine times out of ten, they're ultra competitive, just like players are competitive. I think that you go home and you look at what number they'll put on the table, and whatever number they put on the table will be Oregon's number. That's not – we well, come on. It, it's the, ama- it's amazing you can say that given well, Phil Knight, but sure. you're right. You're it, absolutely right. It, it won't even be close. No, it'll be close, but it, it, it'll blow it up. And then the resources that you have as that program as well, even, even against an Oregon, I think you could talk yourself into going, I could do it. With the resources that they have, I could make it. I could make it happen. And I can survive a seven and six. As long as we get that 10 wins the next year, I can make it. It can work. How stressed out do you think Nick Saban was about where college football is now? Because it has completely changed to what it was previously for the, you know, however long he's been a head coach 
collegiately, I don't know how many years, 20 plus years or whatever, taking a guess on that. I can't remember how long he was at LSU, but it's completely flipped. He's 72 years old, and now you got to put in more effort than ever to not only recruit at the high school level or JUCO mm-hmm. or uh, the uh, the transfer portal, but now you're recruiting your own guys, and it, there's NIL involved, and you have Texas A&M now out recruiting you because they're more invested in the NIL. They're taking away your recruits. Georgia has really taken off, and now they seem to be here to stay in an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Even though Alabama did beat them in the SEC championship game, right? Still, so now there's a ton more competition for the guys. You should be winning out year in and year, winning in the recruiting trail year in and year out. There's no doubt in my mind. I I think. He's disgusted by what he sees, you know, and he's like, this is not for me. He's out. I had the thought last night, in in many ways, this may be a leading indicator of something that we already saw taking place in basketball. Remember, in one fell swoop, you had Coach K, you had Roy Williams, you had Jay Wright, all electing to step away from the game. Like that. Jay Wright was like he, he was a total surprise to those outside of the game or you know those outside of Philly, but in the grand scheme of things, how much of that is because well the game has changed and I don't want to be involved with this, and is that coming now for football? No doubt in my mind. I, I there's no doubt. I don't think the work. The, the work is what it is. That's what his life is. And that's in his heart and in his soul and his mind every day thinking about it. I think that he could take the toll of what it takes to be a big-time head football coach. It's this new stuff going on. He's like, I'm not going to – there's no way. I, he can't wrap his mind around some kid leaving Alabama. That blows his mind, you know? If you think that blows his mind, try being a booster. Yeah. Troy, I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah. Jump back to uh, the Bill Belichick story. and They were talking about this on uh, on the Dan Patrick show, and it was like a no-doubt thing. If If you can hire Bill Belichick, you hire him. Are you a believer in that, Troy, that at 72 years old, if Bill Belichick wants to, wants to be a head coach still – and at the NFL level, you have a chance to hire him. Are you jumping at that right away? There is one qualifier that has to be involved with it. You have to not allow him to be the GM. Because the problems that played out in the latter part of his tenure at New England were because he was overseeing player personnel on top of, and their drafts were awful. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, really? Their player acquisition was bad. Bill Belichick can coach. Bill Belichick as a GM could, could did a really crappy job at getting Bill Belichick to coach the players to make them successful. I, I mean, the one that like the one that he hit on a six rounder that I mean I or a seventh rounder that. You can't tell me that they were, knew what they had in Tom, in Tom Brady. Brady. I mean, it just—it no. was a throwaway pick, and he ended up as like the guy. You know, it's crazy. Throwaway pick who wasn't going to be the starter, right? Right. Who wasn't, who wasn't even the starter? Who wasn't. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe. They would have rode with him all mm-hmm. the, as long as they could. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't. I. I don't either. 
I think if you're a team looking for a, to change a head coach, I think you have to interview him. Absolutely. The Chargers should – that should be the first guy they call. And pick his brain, you know, like find, like find out what he knows. But as far as putting him in charge, like the last couple of years have kind of proved like, you know, without Brady, it's not looking so great. It's really not. There's also – a fact, and it's something that both Marty Schottenheimer talked about and uh, also Mike Shanahan talked about at the tail end of their tenures. Ten years with a franchise as a coach, and players start to tune you out. It's as if you have worn out your welcome after a decade. And in both cases, they mentioned that on their way out the door. And I... And I have had that stick with me because it it is really striking when you take a look and notice how coaches' careers do play out. There is usually a stretch from year three to about year eight where they can get on a run and be highly successful year after year after year after year, be a playoff franchise, be all of these things talked about about you know being. Uh, the next big thing, if you will, in the league or the dominant team. But you get to year nine and you get to year 10 and you start to see some of the weaknesses begin to develop. And some of that may be salary cap. Some of that, though, in general, I think is, yes, guys get tired of the stories, the treatment in the locker room, however it may be, mm-hmm. positive, negative, whatever. They just... It, it You just wear down because you've been around that person as the head coach for so long. Who doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon? 65-year-old Andy Reid. He and his Chiefs will host the Miami Dolphins. Saturday night, wild card round of the NFL playoffs, AFC edition. Chiefs-Dolphins kick off at 7.15. Pre-game coverage here on K-Man will begin at 6. Don't worry about that 7 bucks for the Peacock Network. You forget to cancel it, whatever, ah. after you watch the Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks. Ah. Listen right here on K-Man for free for Chiefs coverage. And by the way, on Sunday, we will have a triple header hmm. of NFL playoff action. Yes! A timeout. K-State women have won 10 in a row. That's next here on The Game. Ten straight wins. Jeff Mitty will join us here in a little bit, but I wanted to talk just a little bit about last night's game. I I don't know if you got to watch any of it, but you did report on it this morning, and you – we brought up a, a, a very impressive stat during the break here, but let me just tell you real quick. K-State women beat Oklahoma last night 74-57. The K-State women now 16-1 and in a perfect 4-0 in Big 12 play. They and Iowa State right now, the only teams without a loss in conference play right now. And by the way, a lot of people have been throwing this out on Twitter today, but K-State men's and women's hoops, the only basketball duo in the Big 12 to still be undefeated in conference play. Nice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Very nice. Uh, the Texas women last night tested by TCU. By the way, K-State about to run into a real buzzsaw of competition, talking about the women mm-hmm. uh, over the next four games. Um, but they'll play Texas on Saturday. Baylor fell from the ranks of the unbeaten last night. Yes, they did. Lost to KU. Ooh, we and KU not having a great season. K, I have to go look. I don't know exactly where they're at. Last I saw, they were at the in the basement. Yeah, I don't. I didn't think they were having a great season. Yeah, it was like it, I mean, not not below five hundred yeah. at that point. We talked about where everybody had been. In terms of home versus away games, but they were about nine and five, I think, when, at last look. And so, yeah, they're they're down there, oh and yet pulled off the upset, much like UCF did. Oh wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> it took a while last night for K State to get Aoka Lee going. I thought Oklahoma yes. did a solid job of denying her. They were fast. Jeff Mitty, I guess him, I'll explain why in a minute. Why they were fast? They had to be defensively because they want to. Teams are going to do this throughout Big Twelve play. They're willing to give up the three-point shot. K-State will not be the best three-point shooter in Big 12 play. They, they just won't. They're not that good of shooters, but they're pretty. They're decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they won't be top of the leaderboard this year in three-point shooting, but they can be good. Um, so they're, they're going to deny Yoki. They're going to try to double-team her if the ball goes her way, and Oklahoma did a good job with that. And they, K-State had to make an adjustment, and 16 of the 19 points that Yoki scored – was in the second half, and by the way, she is now four points away from 2,000. She is three away, not points, but three blocks away from being the all-time leader in K-State women's basketball history of blocked shots. Uh So history is going to be made on Saturday Uh with Aoka Lee. And probably more history will be made down the road, but it's a big game against Texas, no doubt about that. K-State's defense, though, once again shines uh, for the for the Lady Cats. Mm-hmm. And I did not notice this stat until right before we jumped on for this segment. But I had already put this together, and I'll get to that stat here in just a moment, but I had already been putting together a list of stats where K-State has just ac- absolutely excelled defensively. Heading into last night, second-best team in the nation in three-point field goal defense. Oklahoma was actually uncharacteristically hot from three to begin the game. Nevaeh Todd, who was a 27% three-point shooter, hit her first three attempts of the game. Jeez. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. a little fluky right now. Uh, K-State, though, took care of business there in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, also second quarter as well. That, that was really the big quarter of the second quarter. Field goal percentage defense, K-State's third in the nation. Fifth in the nation in scoring defense. Ninth in the nation in block shots per game. And they're 13th in the nation in in defensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. I forgot to look up this number, though, and I don't have the season number, but I'll give you an example of how well they've been doing this particular part of their defense. Last night was a great example. You know, Oklahoma is not bad inside. Skylar Van is a very good player. 
and she mm-hmm. did a great job defensively, and she was Oklahoma's hopes and dreams in the second half, keeping OU in the game by her aggressive play, getting to the hoop and getting some shots to go home. And she finished last night. Uh, lost my spot here. She finished with 14 points. Uh, she actually missed a number of shots, though, around the hoop. K-State's two-point defense last night, Oklahoma shot 28.5%. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Shutting the locking them down. Mm-hmm. That is an unbelievable number. Wow. And how they score? What they score? Fifty? How? <laughs> Fifty-seven points. They hit seven threes in the game. They, were, oh. they well. The thing about Oklahoma is they play fast. They want to get sure. out and run. They're one of the faster teams. And matter of fact, Serena Sundell said it yesterday. They're probably the fastest team in the Big Twelve in transition. Hmm. Transition points. Um, in fast breaks, Oklahoma had just six points mm-hmm. fast break last night. Wow. That is a very under-the-average number for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They did not get out very much at all in terms of being able to run. And when they did, you had defense falling back quick enough for K-State at least to challenge. There were no easy opportunities for OU last night. And that, I think, is why you see the shooting percentage wind up at 29%. And I got to say, what was really great as well last night, K-State, a balanced effort in scoring. Yoki with 19. She kind of uh, wasn't really in the running to be one of the top scorers until the last five minutes, and then she goes off. Uh, but finishes with 19.6 rebounds, 11 points for Jalen Glenn, 16 Serena Sundell, 13 Gabby Gregory. I, was, I thought it was a good night for the bench. Zai Walker with 13 points. Gisela Sanchez, the Spaniard, had just two points, but off the bench in 22 minutes, she grabbed nine rebounds. Let's talk more about the Lady Cats when we come back when Jeff Mitty joins us next on The Game. We continue with the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G., and Travion Berkland. Let's continue our talk of K-State women's basketball winning 10 straight. Knock off the Sooners last night, 74-57 inside of a warm Bramlage Coliseum. We're now joined once again by Jeff Mitty. He is the women's basketball coach at K-State. Coach, congratulations on last night's win again over the Oklahoma Sooners, 74-57. to After watching last night's film, we know we talked about it in last night's press conference, but after watching the film, how did you feel about last night's win? Yeah, you know, I thought it, uh, I thought defensively second half was uh, excellent. Um, I thought, uh, Kind of grinded it out offensively. I, I said that after the game. It, I didn't think we were in sync a lot, but um, we did a lot of good things. I thought Zy Walker gave us a big boost off the bench. I think uh, Jalen Glenn did some good things, driving the ball. Uh, Serena Sundell, Gabby Gregory. I mean, we had good balance last night. You know, that was a big key to last night because Lee really, uh, they did a great job of surrounding her. Um, we missed some shots early, and then Lee in the second half, you know, had a big game. So, um, yeah, just good balance overall and a good performance by our, by our team. If you don't mind, uh, I'd like for you to expand on an answer you gave in last night's press conference when asked about Aoka Lee. I mean, 16 of her 19 was in the second half. You said you had to make an adjustment with her because she was a hash off and you wanted to make Oklahoma make decisions. What was the decision you were hoping that OU would make? Well, I didn't really care which decision they made. I just wanted, I, you know, when you when you post up too high, the decision is made pretty easy that we're 
teams are going to play behind you and, and try to physically whip you. We wanted to put them that, hey, if you decide to play behind her, she's got you deeper in the paint. And if you decide you want to play half a body, then she needs to work you. She needs to work you up a little higher uh, to, to get the lob. So I didn't really care which one they chose. I just didn't feel like we were um, – I, I didn't think we were making it hard enough for them to have to make a decision. And uh, so we moved her a little bit lower. Um, Lee's got great feel down there. They decided to play behind, and she buried him pretty deep in there in the second half. You mentioned Zywalker earlier, and I, I agreed with what you said. 13 points, 4 assists last night. I also shout to Gisela Sanchez. Even though she only scored 2 points, 9 rebounds off the bench is, is pretty big. She took away a couple of balls that should have been rebounded by Oklahoma, even got some points out of it. One of those buckets was to Zy Walker, who had that backdoor cut. It was a really heads-up play. Where is Zy, as a retro freshman, where is her basketball IQ right now? You know what? It's really good. It's really good. It's always been. It's always been really good. I think the one thing that you can't um, expedite is just game time. And uh, you know, she's a redshirt freshman that only played in four games. I think last year, and uh, she's uh, seventeen games into this year. So um, you know, just uh, you have to expedite that experience. Is hard to replace, um, and that is seeing different things, teams playing different things. Uh, whether that be half-court trap or whether that be full-court pressure like we've seen over the course of some games. All of that game experience is, is critical. Um, you know, obviously we practice those things, but uh, under the lights it's different, and um, uh, I think she's done very, very well. Uh, really, she made a big play at the end of the first quarter. We had struggled in the first quarter, but she made a great read on her defensive scout got her hands on the ball, got the steal, and got the bucket right before the buzzer. And uh, that just shows you how smart she is and has the ability to go do those things. All right, so obviously Saturday is a huge game. Number 10 Texas is in town. Uh, made a mistake in last night's press conference. I said this would be for sole possession for first. I got Texas mixed up with Iowa, but this is an opportunity for your team to stay in first place, at least in a tie, with the Cyclones. So I would love to get your thoughts uh, what you think about Texas, especially now that they're without Rory Harmon? How much has that changed their game? Well, the one thing about Texas going into the season, I thought they had a lot of depth. I think uh, they, they uh, particularly along the front line, and they've got one of the freshmen that has been, uh, Madison Booker has been one of the top freshmen in the country this year, so she has now moved to the point guard spot with Harmon out and has averaged a little over 17 points a game since then. Um, they don't have the defensive pressure that they had with Harmon. You're talking about one of the elite on-ball defenders uh, in the country. And uh, they don't have that replacement, but they've got a good guard group. They've been scoring the ball at a high level this year. Um, this is a good, uh, a really, really good Texas team. Where does this Texas team rank when it comes to a challenge for your defense, a defense that's one of the best in the nation um, that has a lot of scoring talent? I apologize. I'm out. I'm recruiting in Kansas City, and my uh, ways is uh, going off as we're talking here. Um, yeah, I think um, you know what this has been one of the uh, this has been one of the uh, might be Vic's best offensive team. Um, now, 
you know, once again, we're only, you know, what are we, halfway through the season, so that remains to be seen for all of us. But um, their size is very, very good. They've got inside scoring. Their offensive rebounding is going to pose a real challenge for our group. We have got to rebound the basketball. And while they don't shoot the three at a high level of volume, they're shooting it very efficiently. So they're not an Oklahoma that's going to uh, heave it up there 30, 35 times. They're going to shoot it 10, maybe 15 times, but they're doing it very efficiently. So um, uh, they have been a, a very efficient offense uh, up to this point. Have you been uh, made aware of by anybody at K-State from fan experience or the ticket office that there should be a bigger crowd on hand for this one? <laughs> you know what? I, I haven't, I, uh, and I really don't pay attention to any of those things. But um, it, uh, I would, boy, I would hope we'd have a big crowd. I know the weather is, uh, is uh, you know, a challenge. But uh, like I said afterwards, uh, it's plenty warm in Bramlage, so you just got to brave the cold for about a minute and uh, get your butt inside and uh, get there early, and, and you can uh, um, be pretty warm for about three hours. <laughs> you know what? You, you gave me an idea on a question, and bear with me. This is probably going to be really goofy, but I'm, you know, I just, I'm curious, if anything. You, you mentioned it's going to be plenty warm. Does a coach have any say about how warm it is, where the thermostat is set, or is there a rule that it has to be 72 degrees for every game? <laughs> you know what's funny? You're bringing that up, and I've never. But when I coached with Billy Tubbs, Billy wanted the thing as hot as he could have it. So he wanted that 80 plus degrees, and people complained, but he wanted that thing as hot as he he could have it. And uh, he, yeah, he he wanted everybody as uncomfortable in his mind. Um, I suppose you could go either way with that. You could go super cold or super hot, but he wanted it super hot. Um, I've never, uh, uh, I, I've never concerned myself too much. Although I don't like it super cold in there, um, I will say that generally I've erred on the side of because my team generally wants it a little warmer in there. Where do you keep it at home? Uh, where, where's the <laughs> thermostat during the during the dog days of winter? You know, I'd love to tell you, but um, Mitch, you're you're young, and uh, I'm lucky to control the uh, remote control. The thermostat uh, does not go to me, okay? But you're young. You've got high hopes right now, and I understand that. But um, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to make your peace with... Uh, uh, be glad if you get the remote control, okay? I when I go to my girl's house, I I, I fully understand that uh, she gets the call, and it's not my house. But if we ever live together, I'm totally fine where she keeps it because she keeps it kind of cool, and I don't mind a cool room. But all right, coach, with that we can wrap it up. Hey, I I can't tell you how excited I am about this game on Saturday. Hope the K State fans pack Bramlage with purple for this top 15 matchup on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. This game tips off. Best of luck against Texas on Saturday and looking forward to talking to you soon. All right, Mitch. I appreciate it. Thanks. That's K State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty here on the game. Again, tip off at 1 o'clock on uh, Saturday against number 10 Texas. Pre-game here on K Man will begin at 1230. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up the hour next on the game. All right, let's finish up uh, hour one of the game. A little teaser 
about the Chiefs and Dolphins Saturday night Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be cold. What's the high again? Five or something like that? Wind chill. Wind chill. 30 man. below zero. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's the argument. Well, Dolphins from Miami, they're used to the heat. Chiefs, you know, they're, they're used to the cold, kind of. Listen, cold is cold. It's going to affect everybody, I believe, the same. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's just a little bit of a shock at first, probably, if you're uh, used to being in Miami for so long. It's not like they did what they just play in uh, – was it Buffalo? Uh huh. Was it was that game in Buffalo? I don't, I don't oh, remember. Oh, that's a good question. Um, but anyway, uh, CBS Sports did a, a little bit of research on this earlier today because uh, sports betters they want to know weather. If you're a smart better, you take a look at the weather. Actually, probably if you're a, a, a crazy better, let's put it that way, <laughs> uh, like a Brent Musburger, you're gonna you're gonna check out what the weather is doing, <laughs> or you're gonna see uh, oh, if KU on. is down in the final four minutes at home, and then you take whatever they are plus two twenty or something. Now, and now come on, to win. just because Musburger talks with his boys in the desert. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever you'd open up a broadcast, you are looking live. Yes, was for the betters. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you're looking live. This is the weather. This is the whole situation. He's going to bring it up, the, the weather as well. That, that was for the betters. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dang. He's a big-time gambler. Um, so Miami, historically, like in the last 10 games that has been played in a game that with temperature that was below 40 degrees, uh, Dolphins have lost all of the last 10. Oof. The Chiefs are 9-1 and one at Arrowhead Stadium with four of those games being playoff games recently of games that kick when the temperature is below 40 degrees. Kansas City historically, lately, is winning 90% of those games. Yeah. So CBS Sports says the Dolphins have no chance of winning at Arrowhead on Saturday. If you're headed there, too, you can take a piece of cardboard with you. You're, you take a piece of cardboard and you stand on the piece of cardboard – I did that once for the K-State OU game, like, uh, Ty Lyka was still there, so 14. Yeah. And it was super cold. It didn't really help. Me either. It didn't really help me either. But there have been some confusion, I guess, and you can. It's three by five. Isn't the trick trash bags? In the shoes? Yeah. Or something like that. You just wrap your whole body in a trash bag. (laughs) Forget it. Wind block. Give yourself a hot foot. (laughs) <laughs> right. Light the dang shoes at That's this point. right. Or just spend the whole game in the bathroom. If it's got <laughs> Stay on. Listening to Mitch. Yeah. yeah. Hour two of the game is coming up next. So is your local news.